I would like the ship to go. Now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, and happy holidays, quite frankly. I'm your host, Clarence, and like always, I have Mr. Jones with me. How are you doing today, Cal? I'm doing well, and you know what? I just thought when you said happy holidays, this may well be our last Discussing Trek of 2023. It very well may be, man. It's just it's, it's time flies, right? Indeed, indeed, because I know next week is Christmas. We'll be going to church next Christmas, you know. It'll be Christmas Day. I know where I'll be going to church on Ruby Road. So, little yeah. Doctor Who uh, nod right there. We're going to be jumping off buildings and, uh, you know, watching kids getting eaten by goblins, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've already got my recipe for baby scones and all that good stuff. Oh, no, no. Say it ain't so. <laughs> and we got Win Grace in the chat. Hello, Win Grace. It's been a tumultuous year for Star Trek, I would say. There's been some ups, there's been some downs. We kind of start off the year with some very sad news in the Star Trek Discovery realm that the fifth season will be the fifth and final season of Star Trek Discovery. We got the announcement at the, Mm -hmm. I think it's the Brazil Comic Con. I don't, I think that's what what the announcement was made. I think they said April. Yeah, April 2024. Yeah, I think you're right. Is when we'll get the, the fifth and final season, at least the start of it, for Star Trek Discovery. How do you feel about that, man? Are you are you happy to see what they do? Do you expect them to do anything different? I know there's been rumblings that this season has a different feel than the previous seasons, but but how do you feel about it? Where are you at on Star Trek Discovery? I love Star Trek Discovery from the concept of I don't think if Discovery had not have been successful. You know, let's go back again. You know me, I like to go back to Doctor Who. If Doctor Who 2005 had not been successful with the ninth Doctor and Rose... I don't think we would be sitting here talking about the church on Ruby Road next week. So likewise, I question had Discovery not been successful in its premiere season, would we still have all the other things that we've had from Star Trek? That said, if I look at Discovery as a whole, from chapter one or season one all the way to season five, the characters I loved but I wonder if they ever really knew what Discovery was. What do you think? What do you think to that? <laughs> do you think they knew who Discovery was? And I mean Discovery as a concept, not necessarily the ship. I think that they very much started off wanting to do their TV version of what J.J. Abrams did in the Kelvin universe. Big budget, high quality Star Trek. I think that's what they plan to do. And that's very much the role they went down in the very first season. And even even the second season to a certain, certain extent. But you could tell like that cachet or that that high budget part of it kind of eroded as we added more shows. And, you know, this is a very expensive show to make for for this streaming network that might not necessarily be working out too well. So <laughs> they were just trying to approach it, I think, from a high end, top of the line movie quality point of view and from that point of view i think they mostly succeeded at least you know again in the first few seasons but uh, i think the question we have to ask ourselves is 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 that what we really wanted Mm. i think it's what brought a lot of people in i think it's what i wanted at the time but as, as you well may know a lot of people didn't really feel that way you know i want to bring in a comment that marge is saying in the chat which is 
discovery is all over the place, but one thing is for sure, it is beautiful. That's true. You know, regardless if you're being in the first season with the different Klingons or you're in the third season with being burned a little bit, because I I will say if we ever do a retrospective of what, what was our favorite, our least favorite seasons of discovery, having not seen the final season, I will say for me, season three with the burn was by far my least favorite season. Oh man, for me, I actually loved the season for the burn. I didn't like the end of the season. For me, I think the last season, Species 10C, was probably my least favorite. Again, you know, I, I love a lot of things that we're doing with the high budget, the reconceptualizing, the Klingons. You know, uh, that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. But I think, uh, as far as creative point of view, it was interesting and different, and I was kind of on board. So they very much set this series up to be the tent pole for CBS All Access, turn Paramount Plus, turn X Showtime, whatever it is now. So yeah, yeah, it's it's been a rocky road, but you know, hopefully they can finish this thing strong. So I want to put you on the spot because you know I love doing this when we're recording one on one is putting you on the spot with something. And by spot for something is if you had to think of one thing you would like to see happen in season five discovery, what is that one thing? I would attempt to answer that. Before I answer that, I have to say. Yes, Marge. I'll follow Michelle Yeoh to the ends of the earth because <laughs> I love I. her so much. <laughs> but one thing I would expect to see, you know, I want to do a, a a YouTube video about the unresolved storylines in Star Trek mm. Discovery. I don't think there are a lot of them, but I think there's some, especially when you look at the short treks. I think there's some things you can look at that maybe we didn't get a full explanation on. And some things I just want to see flushed out a little bit more. So surprise me with the resolution to something that had not been resolved before. Mm. If they can do something like that, I think I'd be pretty happy. And, you know, I just want them to put everything into it. Big budget. And don't leave too many things hanging. If we know there's going to be the end, we're in the future. Other than Star Trek Academy, the, the rumored Star Trek Academy show, we may not visit this future very often going forward. So I'm hoping that they don't leave us with, with too many loose threads. And I got to give a shout out to Win Grace. I hope it's not a, a holodeck simulation. And I hope not to see Riker <laughs> at the end of this one. Yeah. Because yep. that would be a very long road. Yes. And I've I, I been there, done that, don't want the t-shirt. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I would love to have, because this is something that you don't have really in TV shows anymore which is the 80s trope of walking through and turning off the lights and, you know, it's the last episode kind of thing. Yeah, I'm picturing, um, and this is the 90s, but I'm picturing the last episode of The Fresh Prince where they're walking through the house as they're all moving. Yeah. I I would just kind of like... Don't do it to me. You know, have that... They're decommissioning the uh, Enterprise, or or not the Enterprise, the Discovery, and they're going off doing their own thing that would be cool for me. And then if we don't see that time frame again, that's fine. But just give a resolution of something. Don't just leave yeah. it. Oh, yeah. let's go off on our next adventure. I would really I love agree. a resolution. Yeah. You know, and just like you get, you will not watch the last season of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Uh, man, this is going to be a hard one to watch for me, man. Cause this is the show that started our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the whole reason we kind of got together and wanted to talk about Star Trek even more. So yeah, it's going to be sad to see this. This show go. But but alas, we do have other shows. Oh, and I will mention real quick, Marge. Yes, I do love Queen Poe. 
we we could possibly see her in um, Stranger Worlds, couldn't we? Because I think mm-hmm. she's still in the past. So maybe I would love to see her come back. That would be cool. But other happenings in the Star Trek universe in 2023, the Star Trek Prodigy cancellation and renewal to not be on Paramount Plus, the home for Star Trek, but to be on Netflix. And this Christmas, we're going to get the season one dropped. And and sometime next year, we're going to get season two of Star Trek Prodigy. How do you feel about this news that we got in 2023? Happy, I think. Prodigy was a jewel in their crown that for whatever reason, they decided to set that crown aside. I think if you look at what Warner Brothers Discovery is doing with Max and you look at what Hulu and Disney Plus are doing. You mentioned going back and starting podcasts. I remember some of the first things we did on our YouTube channel was talk about the different things at the time DC Universe was getting their own streaming platform. And, you know, we were talking about all this splintering. Disney Plus hadn't arrived yet. So I think we saw this splintering of everybody had to have their own thing. And now we're seeing that kind of start to fall back in and maybe not to the point of Netflixing itself again, but we're seeing stuff start to, there's not an exclusive home for whatever. Yes. So I I think to answer your question regarding Prodigy, I think it may have intended all along. We just didn't know it at the time because deals don't happen overnight. So we probably just didn't know that they were talking to Netflix because Netflix wasn't ready and the ink wasn't sealed and signed and whatever. What do you think? To me, it feels like a whole dust settling type of event. As you kind of talked about the history of streaming so far, where everybody has tried to start their big tentpole service. Does RIP have enough cachet to warrant being its own streaming service? And Paramount really thought they had it with Star Trek. In a lot of ways, I still think they do. It's just the goal setting part of it, which I think has gotten things a little bit out of hand. Are we trying to go for the world or we're going to have our 10 shows that we produce as originals and have a dedicated audience that loves these shows? Or we're going to try to have have the world. We're going to try to compete against Netflix and, and Disney Plus and everything else. And another component of that, and we could do this, but we can't obviously do this while we're recording. But I would be interested to know if we had in 20, let's say 2018, 2019, if we had Paramount Plus, if we had Disney Plus, if we had Hulu, we had Netflix, we had all of the streaming, how much that would cost in 2019 versus how much that would cost single consumer in 2023 going into 2024. Because I would guess easily that there would be at least a $30 difference that you would be paying more. And so where I go by that, and the reason I'm bringing that back up is regardless of do they have enough of a base to maintain, but that base can no longer afford where they may could have afforded in 2018 because everything is so much more expensive across the board. Yeah. More expensive and and just so many competing services at this point. Agreed. So, so yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's it's good. Hey, it's good that Prodigy is coming back. I am totally amped about that. That's a show that we all have gushed over in, in 2022 when it when it was out. 
So, yeah, the fact that it's coming back and it's coming on Netflix, I think is a good thing. Maybe more eyes can get on it because honestly, I don't think a lot of people were flocking to Paramount Plus. But the fact that it's going to be on Netflix, maybe it'll, it'll have a resurgence sort of like Clone Wars did hmm. when it dropped on Netflix. So. So, yeah, I'm expecting that to to drop there and do well. And of course, um, even if I have to subscribe for like a month, <laughs> I'll be subscribing to, to to watch Star Trek Prodigy, of course. Next news item I want to throw at you and the people in the chat is Star Trek X Kid Cudi. And you can just give me a thumbs up and thumbs down on this one, because for me, it was totally weird. I love that he's a fan. Don't really get the, the Fortnite experience. And as far as the clothing, I really think it's nice, but it's outlandishly priced. The normal person can't buy this or shouldn't be buying this stuff. So what do you think about the Star Trek X Kid Cudi thing? I know who he is, and like you said, I've, I really don't have a – this is one – I feel like I've been talking a lot, but this is one I really don't have a comment on because it's like, would I go out and spend some clothes on a branded something? I mean, I'm wearing a Wonder Woman T-shirt. Yeah, I would. If this was $20 <laughs> as opposed to $200, would I be wearing it? And absolutely not. You you do warrant a certain crowd when you have stuff, you know, at that price. But if you're gearing this to a Star Trek audience, at least make it affordable for your audience, you know. And speaking of audience, I think Marge said it best. I'm not cool enough to know about this. <laughs> and let me say this. Anybody that is mainstream creative, and I'd, I'll be honest, I don't know enough about him to say if he's mainstream or not, but anybody that... I recognized his name when you first started talking about him, whether I know what he, you know, has done or specifically or not. Anybody that is doing something and is a geek enough to embrace Star Trek or to embrace comics or embrace whatever and not be ashamed of it, kudos <laughs> to them. So that's that's what I'm going to say about that. And we have Wind Grace here saying that I'm not sure what they hope to accomplish by it, though. Yeah. What did we actually accomplish or what was the goal? And that goes right into my next item for 2023. And that is the very short tricks. What was the goal? <laughs> and what did they plan to accomplish? You know, I think I was kind of on board with these at first. I think I was like, oh, it's interesting. It's quirky. It's adult swimish. I was like, okay, I can, you know, it's not close enough in a realm of believability that I think it's real Star Trek. So, hey, let's go for it. I mean, I, I watched Lord Dex. I love that. I can watch this too. But boy, did they lay a, a big stinker with that one, man. The first two I thought were okay, but it kind of just went downhill. I didn't. I hated the last one when we were doing the song. We got a thumbs down from Marge in the chat. Yes, that was a huge clunker. And I think both of those were initiatives from the Star Trek.com site, I believe. Mm, okay. uh, maybe not Paramount Plus. Know, specifically. Yeah, but some arm of Paramount. There were more marketing things. And I think both of those were, were mostly big stinkers. Uh, other than, you know, getting getting Riker and I'm excuse, excuse me, getting Jonathan Frakes to, to, to do some voices, getting George K to do some voices, getting the characters back to do their voices. But man, it was just so all putting that. I think overall, even though I like some of the episodes, I think overall it was a miss. Oh, I really like what Wingrace just said in the chat. He says that he loves the idea of the very short treks, but they really didn't. But he, but they really didn't take them seriously. To think this might be the last time we see a few of the actors mm. in Star Trek ever. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. If your idea 
of the purpose was, is somebody going to talk about them? Well, we right now are proving them right. We're talking about them, you know, so that gives somebody else something to say Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. It's like they attempted to take all of the, you know, any show has a good parts and bad parts. To me, they took all the the stuff I didn't really love that is thrown into Lower Decks and just went to a thousand with it, with this. And it's, and don't get me wrong, it's 50 times, a thousand times worse than anything on Lower Decks, I think. It's just, it's just really bad, really bad. Uh, and finally, before we get into our top five, let's talk about Star Trek Day really quick. The animation celebration, which I did attend the event. I did love being in a crowd with other Star Trek fans. And I thought it was really, you know, overall a good time. I got some swag from the event, still got some of it laying around here. So, yeah, uh, the animation celebration, I thought that was good. It was tied into the Star Trek day overall. But to me, this is one of the lesser Star Trek days that we've had in recent memory. It could be due to a lot of factors, Rider Strike, SAG After Strike as well. So I'm sure that played into it a little bit. But overall, I think Star Trek Day was a miss this year, Kyle. What did you think of Star Trek Day? So I I think I agree with you. I think it was not what it's been in the past. And, you know, I think, and I'm careful in how I'm wording this because I don't want the pandemic, you know, to come out saying, well, the good thing about the pandemic, because that's definitely not what I'm meaning. But one of the byproducts, how about that, of the pandemic was it was normalized seeing virtual. Mm. So I think it was easier to have a virtual event where you're seeing all these different faces on this event, but but they're all remote, whether they're in England, whether they're yeah. in Canada, whether they're in U.S. or Mexico or wherever they may be. Yeah. They're all virtual. And we're not sitting here going, oh, well, such and such and such and such couldn't even come. No, we were all just happy to see all these different faces that we knew. Yeah. So I wonder if that has a byproduct of any event, not just Star Trek Day, but when you only see two or three of your people in a live event now, it lessens because for two or three years, we had all of these, um, you know, I'm thinking of a DC Universe thing yeah. where they were doing a DC Universe day and they had Gal Gadot, they had Henry Cavill, I think. Yeah. They had, you know, all these, but they were all remote and they were, you yeah. know, being interviewed and whatnot. You know, if you add in the factor of, and I, I know you just said it, but you just brought up the writer strike. You know, I there's a podcast that I listen to where two of the podcast, you know, hosts are affiliated with or know people who are in the right were in the writer strike, and they mm -hmm. would purposely not refer to movies and whatnot yeah. in the content yeah. that they were discussing. Yeah. So. You know, they, they were limited just by being respectful to people that they knew who were writers and actors. Yeah, they, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, they probably shouldn't have had it this year. I think that may, may have been the best answer for it. They probably just shouldn't have had it because, like you say, you can't talk about certain things. And even like, you know, there's the Shuttle Pod, the Shuttle Pod crew podcast show, the Shuttle Pod show, which has Trent Kinnear, um and uh Malcolm Reed. What's his real name? I can't think his real name. Anyway, oh, but you're talking about yeah, Malcolm Reed guy. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I see him. He's got brown hair. 
from henceforth, we'll call him Malcolm Rika. <laughs> but yeah, he he uh, they you know had they had Star Trek people on the whole time, and even the Delta Flyers podcast had Star Trek people on the whole time, but they never would say the word Star Trek. I want to pick up this comment right here from um, from Win Grace saying, and he's referring to the very short tricks. I think I wish they had just hired the Gazelle and autom- Automations guy, Animations guy, and made a short TS style episode for each version of Trek. I think that'd be really cool. You know, if you go on YouTube, there is someone who animated in the TAS style a TNG episode. And they also animated a Voyager episode, and it's really good. They just took the existing voices and um, the existing soundtrack and just did the animation on top of it. Dare I say, Kyle, is even better than that that uh, Doctor Who thing that just came out. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, cool. it's better than that. Well, speaking of Wind Grace, he beat me to it. I was uh, I was looking up the name, Dominic Dominique Keating. Keating. Yeah. yeah, Malcolm Reed guy. That's what I'm yeah. going now. Malcolm Reed guy. This, also that's gonna, known that's as gonna be our Dominic inside Keaton. thing. Yeah. Yes, Dominic Keaton. Yeah, Oof. the Malcolm Reed guy. Yeah, and that's about it. I have on news for the happenings of 2020. Uh, we had quite a bit of stuff. Some ups, some downs, but but ultimately, I think for me, it was kind of a down year for Star Trek news overall. The content was really good, I think, but but the news. The, the happenings, the surroundings were kind of, you know, a little bit off. But if we look at it from a positive note and we're looking at it from the perspective of some of what we have just mentioned coming in 2024, maybe, you know, the news was kind of spread out. I just hope that in 2024 that we get news for 2025, you know, yeah. that yeah. it doesn't start to dry up to, to some degree. Yeah. Oh, and that was another story. I don't have it in front of me, but it had to do with one of the owners of, and maybe when Grace can help me out here, uh, one of the owners of Paramount Plus trying to sell their stake and how that can can impact Star Trek going forward. Maybe we can talk about that on a future episode, but Mm. it sounded pretty dire. Uh, to say the least. So, oh, and speaking of Wing Grace, he's answered your question. Yeah, and it is Sherry Redstone, Paramount Global's non-executive chair, is reportedly in talks to sell their entire company or her controlling stake through her holding company, National Amusements Inc. Interesting. Yeah, it, it seems if that controlling stake goes, we could probably look for some Star Trek stuff to change. Mm. I don't even know what's going on on Paramount Plus anymore, man. It just keeps getting more muddled, in my opinion. Well, you know, speaking of muddling really quick before we move on, if you have, do you have Disney Plus and Hulu? My girlfriend has Hulu. I have Disney Plus. Okay. So I have both of those. And I've noticed in the last week or so that my Disney Plus app now has a Hulu hub. Mm, I need to go on there. I haven't checked. I know they're they're combining and raising the prices, I think. I think so. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I know the specifics on this one. So all of the non-live stuff is going to Disney Plus slash Hulu. And all of the live stuff will stay on Hulu. It's staying on Hulu. Because yeah. I believe Disney has bought out the part of hulu that was owned by comcast yeah. or ex, uh you know comcast universal yeah. or whatever and now they're this exclusive owner let's go ahead and get into our top five star trek episodes for 2023 
I'm curious to see if we have picked any of the same. Yeah, I actually have a question, and maybe I can ask it's for Wingrace specifically, and maybe I can ask it by the end of the episode that he can give me an answer. Uh, because I have three specific episodes on my list. They're all from the same show, obviously the same season, and uh, they're all in a row. So I'm wondering, has there been three episodes in a row that that we got or us, anybody has loved as much as I love these three hmm. episodes in Star Trek? And I'm trying to rack my brain to think, have there been three fantastic episodes of Star Trek that I can remember that are in a in row? In a row. That's yeah. interesting. In a row is the caveat here. But beats of the episode midway through. This is new. Midway through beats. This may be a little bit of a hint at my top five, but so be it. From finale to finale, lower goes higher, become mus- becoming musical. From finale to finale, lower goes higher, becoming music to my ears and returning us previously where we went. Hmm. I think our episodes might be kind of the same. (laughs) Okay. Real quick, before we get into our top ones, do you have one that really jumps out to you as being like your least favorite of uh, Picard season three, Strange New World season two and Lower Deck season four? Short checks, if you want to count those. If we do count those, those are all my worst. (laughs) But other than that, do you have any episode that jumps out at you as the worst or your least favorite of 2023? So I'm going to play the Catch-22 card or the Get Out of Jail free card or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to throw the card down. But the game I'm going to play is probably one of the Lower Decks episodes. Because (laughs) if I had to say what would be my least favorite, it's because... The Lower Decks generally is my least favorite. That said, it's a good thing that I can't tell you which is my least favorite Lower Decks episode. Mm, you know, yeah, that's a good that, that's a good thing. Well, you know what? When, when I went back to just, you know, and maybe uh, uh, Margin and Wynn Grace in the chat can, can chime in on this as well. When I went back to think about, like, what are the episodes I really remember? And we review each of these episodes, so we should have a good handle on Kind of, you know, what the general premise was. Remember certain things. I remember the least out of Picard season three. Mm. Like, I struggled. I remember the big arc. I remember the stuff that was frustrating. Like, you know, this this mystery box we had for the entire season. Like, who's who's the daddy? And, you know, and then went from that to who are the, the antagonists for the season? Those are changelings. And then it kind of changed. We had this monster hand. I remember that. But those episodes on the whole were so forgettable to me. So forgettable. I just remember the high points. Strange New Worlds, I almost remember every episode <laughs> completely. That's really weird. But it it's weird. It's weird that my top comes from the forgettable episodes, but I am putting them at the top for moments, not necessarily for the episodes themselves. Mm. But, but but we'll get into it. Yeah, great mo I remember some high points. I remember the high points, but the episode, the content of the episodes, uh, I, it, I struggle to remember. Ooh, once again, when Grace is on point, he says Picard season three was like an extra long movie. The other shows were more generally episodic with significant tone shifts between. Hence why we may remember more... And he's very on point with that. Good point. Good point. 
So Kyle, do we want it? And Marge is agreeing with me. Thank you, Marge. Although I did love Worf and Raffi in Picard season three. Yes, I could I could gush about the character moments all day. I remember those, but uh, the actual story beats of the episodes, as when Grace says, they were less episodic and they were chasing this big arc. You know, it felt like a big movie. Uh, shout out to Metallus. Kyle, we want to go ahead and go into our number five. Yes, number episode. five. And, and for everyone listening or for everyone watching, I put Clarence on the spot because he came up with his <laughs> top five, but my brain has to put it in a chronological, mainly because I like to say, your number five. What's your number five, Clarence? My number five is going to be The Last Generation, which is the finale of Star Trek Picard, uh, just Star Trek Picard in general. It aired on April 20th of this year. In a desperate stand, Jean-Luc Picard and Generation of Crews, both old and new, fight together to save the galaxy from the greatest threat they've ever faced. You know what? This was a combination of all those moments we talk about that we remember. Do I remember the actual beats of the episode? Not really. I remember Vatic. I remember a changeling threat. I remember going to this Section 31 facility <laughs> and, and um, seeing Kirk's body. You know, I remember stuff like that. I remember the whole thing with Picard's body. I remember stuff from the season, but as far as 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 the the individual episodes, no. But this one, but this one, The Last Generation, that, that one is going to stick with me for a long time. Seeing the, the big D, and I did say big D, <laughs> seeing the big Enterprise D come back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, Keep going. it's okay it's okay it's okay <laughs> it was 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 just beautiful man it was beautiful but yeah just being this this culmination of all the next generation movies uh these storyline these characters we've been looking for for the last 20 years they're coming back in real time having this 20 years passed and they've moved and ranked our different places but they're still friends and you know they're working through their newfound differences to come back and be a family again even bringing data back at the end. Mm-hmm. I see this episode, The Last Generation, just a combination of all that stuff. So let me say this, and this goes into what you were saying about Picard season three in general. I brought up earlier that I did not like the burn, the concept of the burn, and I'm remembering how it ended just sitting here saying the burn. I didn't like Vatic. Mm. I was definitely not on board with that character. I did not remember that character until you said the name just a minute ago. Completely had washed away from my memory. So Mm. that goes into the forgettableness of some aspects of Picard season three. Not, Not underscoring moments, but some of the forgettableness. So my number five goes completely different in uh, context of yours. My number five comes from Lower Decks, the season finale, Old Friends, Mm -hmm. New Planets, first airing on the 2nd of November, 2023. I liked it. I enjoyed it. But I remember when we reviewed it saying I loved it because of the character arc that we got from Mariner. And we actually saw growth from the character. And that was something that I had been wanting all along. So that's why I included that as my number five, because never would I have thought I would have put Lower Decks anything in my top five. So season finale, Lower Decks, that's my number five. I will say right now, this one is also on my list. 
I won't tell you where, but it's also on my list and I'll gush about it when I get to it. All right. So number four, Kyle, start us off with our number four pick. Speaking of lower decks, but going to not new, but going a little bit old, specifically with those old scientists, that is my number four for the crossover with Strange New Worlds, first airing on the 22nd of July, 2023. That crossover, I think, is what put my mindset, not I think, I know I said it on this show, it put my mindset in a different place for Mariner and Boilmer, preparing me to like Lower Deck. Yes, uh, and and that's also my number four. Let me say that. That's my number number four as well. Interesting. Airing on July 22nd of of this year. You know what? It's few times when they can take a big swing like this, and I'm instantly saying to myself, even not overtly, but in the back of my head, I'm saying, hmm, I might want some more of this. Can you you give me some more of that? Uh, Give me that crossover action. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's what everybody was thinking after this crossover. You know, when they teased it in 2022, I was like, what? Do we really want to do that? Why are you why are you mucking up my strange new worlds with the lower deckers? Right. But boy, I love, and you say this a lot, Kyle, but I'm going to re- reiterate what you say. Man, sometimes I love being wrong. Yes. I gushed over this episode. To see these characters on screen and realize, they made me just want to see more of these characters and even see the entire lower decks crew maybe come over and do something live action. I thought it was amazing. Well, let me add this. This was something that could have very easily have crossed over into Uber camp, yes. you know, and, and been like cringeworthy, but it was, a, it was just the, whoever was behind it, kudos to them because they made the right choices in animation for animation's sake, but real realism for realism's sake. And they did it with just enough mix of both to where it didn't come across as corny or campy. Yeah, when Grace is saying he thought it was going to be more of a cheap gimmick. And man, what they did with Tindy, who didn't even make the crossover uh, into the real world, but they had high stakes for her character in the episode that she was barely in. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of the premise of the the whole episode was was setting up something for her character going forward. You know, her ancestor being on this ship and what she said about the ship influence what Baumler does in the episode. Right. Man, just well-written. Well-written yes. all around. A hundred percent agreed. So we'll go ahead and go to number three and I will start this. And, and this is what I was bringing up earlier. I'll go ahead and say it now. Part of the question I asked where, have there been three solid episodes in a row of any Star Trek season that you can remember. And I'm talking about these are three fives, in my opinion, if I had to rate them right now. And my next one is going to be Under the Cloak of War. That's going to be my number three. This one is very much a tough episode to watch. It's it's one of those episodes that leaves you in ambiguity a little bit at the end. You don't know what we know, but we don't know actually what happened. It wasn't shown on screen. And we left with a very tough feeling about a character that has grown onto us over the, the past two seasons in Mbinga, seeing the dark side of the Federation. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like this is a well-written episode and an episode with, uh, again, a lot of hard choices and, and leaves that um, just a bit of, of wonder in your mind about this character who is supposed to be one of Starfleet's finest. So Kyle, tell me, what is your number three? My number three went back and forth with 
my number two, but I will say that my number three is Strange New Worlds, Subspace Rhapsody, first mm. airing on the 3rd of August, 2023. And I go back into the, it could have been Camp, but it wasn't. It should have been Camp. It should have been Camp, <laughs> but they were brilliant. And I will go ahead and say it, and they may do this on Doctor Who. If Doctor Who does where they come up with the similar, I'm going to say on Discussing Who, they copied it from Star Trek. Because... The fact that there was a reason they were singing just made sense to me. Yeah. And it made it okay. You know what I'm saying? If they would have just, somebody had a dream, going back into the dream thing, if they would have dreamed that everybody was singing, no, that wouldn't have. But you had an anomaly making it happen that made it make make it okay for me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agreed. Again, when they were talking about season two of Strange New Worlds, they kept saying big swings, big swings. And on the back of my head, I was like, oh, Lord, <laughs> what are we doing here? And and like those old scientists, this was another one where I was like, oh, man, <sighs> do we really need this in Star Trek? How are they going to make it work? This 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 isn't going to make any sense. But again, we had the quantum probability field or whether or whatever anomaly and they made it work they made it work and to me the singing was well done it was good singing mm. good you know they kind you kind of expect them to throw something like this together <laughs> you know how can they really be good singers but you know sister the world's gooding uh grammy award winner if i'm remembering correctly yeah yeah it was it was everything you know you would expect it to be and i'll go on to say that that Subspace Rhapsody is my number two, and that is my trilogy. I mean, my three episodes from Strange New Worlds that are episode nine, eight, and seven that I just totally love, and I kind of want to go watch right now. There's great episodes all around, so that is going to be my number two, Subspace Rhapsody. We've gushed over it already, so I won't go back into it. My number two was your number three. So, so, so we were we were swapped there. I I just loved the Mbinga character and the way the actor portrayed it. I just really went away just respecting that character for doing such an I mean for that actor for doing such an awesome job with that character in that episode. So that was my number two. Indeed. And I'll go right into my number one episode, which is going to be Old Friends New Planets, which was Kyle's number five. The season finale for Star Trek Lower Decks. Whoever would have thought I'll put a Lower Decks episode as number one for my 2023 list. But yes, I did. Because why? Nick Locarno. Yes. Tom Paris slash Robert Duncan McNeil coming back. Everything about this episode is what I wanted from the beginning of Star Trek Lower Decks. I mean, we start the episode with a flashback to Starfleet Academy. And we have little, little Mariner gushing over her older classmates. And we even get voice cameo from uh, Will Wheaton in that scene. There's a lot of implications from this episode that go into several other TNG episodes. So, man, what they're able to do with this character, Nick Locarno slash Robert Duncan coming back, I thought was fantastic. And, you know, what an opportunity for him to come back and play that character. And something I never expected, quite frankly. (laughs) They could have went in so many different directions. But to bring those characters back and flush them out and give us a story that that we probably wouldn't have never gotten otherwise. This is what Lower Decks, Lower Decks, please keep filling in the gaps 
uh, uh, you know, I talked about Discovery Season 5, Unresolved Storylines. Please finish storylines, fill in the gaps. This is your mandate, Lower Decks. And if you do it like this, keep it coming because you made me very, very happy. <laughs> so this is why I really, really love doing stuff like this with you is because if we start looking at our top five, one, two, may not be in the same order, but already one, two, three of our episodes have paralleled each other. Yeah. So, so that's really, really cool. So your number one was my number five. So I think it is only appropriate with an asterisk <laughs> that my number one is your number five. So the last generation with an asterisk was my number one. And the reason I gave it an asterisk by, I did not have time to go and look and see if that moment where they all came together on the bridge again, was that in Vox or was that in Last Generation? I can't remember. I think it was in Last Generation. I think so too. I think they actually, maybe Picard at the end of Vox got to the Enterprise, but it wasn't until the last generation that they all came together. So as the 14-year-old and me watching, you know, Star Trek in 1987 and seeing everybody come back together in 2023, that moment alone, that made it my number one. Overall, we had a pretty, pretty darn good year, man. We had we a did. pretty darn good year. So here's for hoping that next year can be as good. Who knows? All right, guys, with that, we're going to wrap it up and get out of here. It's always fun when you're in here with us. Thank you, Marge. Thank you, Win Grace, and anybody else who's chiming in later. You can always hit us up at Discussing Trek on any and all social medias or hit us up feedback at DiscussingTrek.com via email. And if we don't talk to you before the end of the year, uh, have a happy new year. Happy holidays. Have a Merry Christmas. And Kyle has one more thing to add real quick. Kudos to you, my friend, for taking us once more in another year on treks from near and far. So hats off to you for another awesome year of discussing Trek. Thank you all for coming. It's been a lot of fun. So until next time, live long and prosper. listening to the discussing trek podcast for more information go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe been listening to the discussing network find out more at discussingnetwork.com can i say that like shut up wesley i can just go shut up clarence